One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. You guys are waiting for certain people during this 12 days of messy. I'm here to tell you that my goal is tomorrow. I'm not ready for this. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Friday, so you know what this episode's gonna be this week in Bachelor. Nation, we have tids for you. We have parasocial plays for you. We have screams for you. We have gains for you. And we also have a very special state of the game. We're going to have someone in this state of the game who has a very personal experience with an incredible event that took place in the game. Before we get to any of that, though, we have to talk about... An audiobook. Wowie! We are officially doing the How to Win the Bachelor audiobook, Clues and I. We will be rotating off chapters. 
So if you haven't pre-ordered now and the thing that was stopping you was you were like, I would buy this book, but I would love beautiful angel voices to recite it to me as I do my dishes or I drive in my car or walk my creature. Guess what? It's your lucky day because it'll be clues by beautiful angel voices. That's right. And the beautiful angel voices that you're hearing, if you pre-order access to those voices, that's still going to get you an opportunity to enter our contest where you can go to howtowinthebachelor.com, upload your receipt, and you could win autographed copies of the book. You could win contraband t-shirts that we produce but never release because the image on them is, how do you say, sinister. You could possibly win a Zoom with Pace Case and myself. You could possibly even win the grand prize, which is a singular object that will change your life forever. And even beyond that, we have these group contests where we are trying to hit 25, 50, 75, and 100% of our stated goal of 10,000 copies sold. And at each of those marks, we release a prize into the pit. 25% looks like the first one we're going to have to hit. And we are right now sitting at 15%. Yeah, an increase. We have increased since last week. Not enough to be on track to hit that 25%. (laughs) Clearly not enough to hit 50, 75, or 100. But if we hit any of those things, we are going to be at 25% releasing a song that I wrote called Bottom of the Pit. I think everyone will love it. If we do not hit that 25%, then eventually someone is going to hear the song, but not everyone. And if we hit 50, we're going to do a hooju competition, which I'm prepared for, ready to go. I've been doing my fucking squats. I can blast through a hooju like you ain't never fucking seen before. I hope I get that opportunity. And at 75%, hmm. we are going to be going to the mansion itself, Pace Case and I, doing an Instagram live from the shadow of the mansion, taking in all that dark energy that surrounds the what I would consider to be a gate to hell. And then if we get 100%, we are going to be doing something that is unprecedented. We cannot tell you what it is, but it is something that I think everyone in the pit is going to love. And we will love it. I will love doing it. But that's where we stand. Please pre-order this book. We have about a month and a half left. Look, it's going to be tight. Let's, I mean, let's at least get us to release the song, Pit. Confession, I have never pre-ordered a book before. I did not know that this was a thing. I didn't really know that it was important for authors, the pre-orders. It helps let your publisher know that there's buzz. It helps the booksellers know that this might be a successful book and that they need to order more of them. So if you are going to get the book, please get it before January 18th because that will help us out the most. And most importantly, it will help us potentially get our own reality show on the air somewhere on a streaming service, which is designed to be the next step in the evolution of these games. What we are witnessing now, even what Fox is about to do with the reintroduction of who wants to be a millionaire or not who wants to be a millionaire. uh, What is it? Joe Millionaire where they're going to have two (laughs) fucking guys. Who wants to be a Joe? Who wants to be a good Joe Millionaire? They're going to have two guys. Basically, one is a millionaire, one is not. 30 women are going to date both of them. And oh, God, is it for love or money? The whole premise is busted because they'll both be millionaires as soon as they walk off the show because they'll have a million Instagram followers and be doing SpawnCon. So that doesn't even make sense anymore. This is how archaic all of these fucking executives are who are trying to make these shows. What if we brought back Joe Millionaire back this time around? One of them is a real one and one is not. And it's like, do you know what Instagram is? Do you understand that social media exists now? 
your little cute reality show is meaningless. It is a springboard for all of these people to become millionaires. The players will be fucking millionaires. It doesn't matter. The premise of the show is 20 fucking years old and no longer makes sense in a contemporary world. But good try. Our show is going to be fresh. Only half of our dates are going to have to do with Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) New stuff for the new generations. (laughs) That's right. But thank you guys who have all already pre-ordered. And thank you to everybody who is going to pre-order in the very near future. We think you're going to really enjoy the book. You go to howtowinthebachelor.com. That's where you enter your receipt to enter our contest. That's where you can go to find the links to Amazon or independent bookstores, wherever you get your books. You can pre-order it wherever. And one more announcement. We are going to be appearing on Dave Neal's YouTube channel. We got to sit down with him for a fascinating interview about all important things going on in the nation. That's going to be coming out shortly. So keep your eyes on our socials for uh, that announcement. And now it is time to begin this week in Bachelor Nation. As we begin all weeks in Bachelor Nation, we're going to be talking about the state of the game itself. This week, an event took place in a city called New York City. Some of you may have heard of it. This event was very high profile. It had many, many high-level players in attendance. And it also had a representative from Game of Roses in attendance. This is the true glorification of the nation. And so we are proud to present a very special Game Game of Roses. Roses. State State of the game. Game. Here with us for this state of the game is a member of the Gore team, an invaluable asset to everything that we do here. She found the Dark Seasons for us and earned the moniker Dark Seeker. Welcome, Grace Ann Parks. It is so good to be here. What is up? (laughs) Oh, not a lot. I'm so excited for this field report live from the New York Influence. And let me just tell you, this event was so much fun. I had the, you know, honor of attending Peter Weber's book launch uh, for his children's book, The Adventures of Pilot Pete, which actually comes out next week, November 23rd. So pick that up for the, the child in your life. It's a great book. I got a copy at the launch. I'm going to dig into that thing. It's going to be great. Can't wait. So basically, this book launch was hosted at this place called Life Rooftop Bar. And it's like on the 30th floor or something of this hotel. And when you go into the bar, you get this like just a huge view of Central Park. And it's just stunning. Absolutely stunning. If I may ask, you walk through this front door. There's the view of Central Park, New York laid out in all of its glittering glory before you. Who's in the room? The Big Apple. Who is standing there? When you first open the door, what do you get hit by? Which players are directly firing parasocial gazes at you, but now in person, no longer parasocial. These are social gazes. The first parasocial gaze that I uh, consumed was that of 
Peter Weber. Oh, my God. It was a beautiful moment. And so who else was in this room? You see Peter Weber. Who else is there? So we had a lot of like cross team pollination. We had Mm -hmm. everybody from Clay Harbor and his cousin, Andrew Spencer from the Chicago Clout. Um, Nice. Obviously, we had a bunch of the New York influence representing. We had Kit Keenan. We had Greg Grippo. We had uh, Dr. Joe Park, Bennett Jordan, although he did inform me at this event that he would be moving to L.A. So he's obviously getting traded to the L.A. icons. Love to hear it. Oh, but let me tell you. uh, Welcome. He may be getting traded to the L.A. icons, but guess who's coming to New York in April? Serena Pitt and Grocery Store Joe. So (gasps) bye-bye, Bennett. We getting... That sauce. Yeah, you're getting the sauce, but we're getting the cringe. I thought he would never leave the clout. I don't know. Maybe maybe Kendall also needs to move to New York in April, and we'll see what happens. Chase the sauce. Chase it. So you're seeing all these people. You're walking in. All these different team players from different cities are here in attendance of this event. You're at the epicenter of the nation for this moment. What was it like? to rub elbows with some of these players? Who did you talk to? What was the event like? It was a fantastic event, honestly. And everyone was so nice. And I cannot stress that enough. Like every single person I talked to was so kind, whether they were in Bachelor Nation or not. Um, And it's just kind of a reminder, like these people, they're people too. I think it's important to remember that. But everybody was nothing but kind you know, talkative. I felt like I was truly, you know, in the New York influence. Uh, It felt really, really great. I talked to Mikey Planeta for a while. I even met some rookies from um, Good Job Clayton season, which is coming in uh, January. They were very excited to be there. Super nice. Don't remember their names, but they were there. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. That's that crack field reporting. So who did you meet? I don't know. I can't tell you one fucking name, but there were people in that room. That much, I assure you. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I don't remember their names is because two of them did refuse to tell me. They were like, I don't think I'm allowed. Yeah. To tell you their names? They're not allowed? To say their name? (laughs) Maybe they thought they were going to get in (laughs) trouble. Shit. I don't know. (laughs) They've really tuned that fucking contract up. That's a brand new contract. You cannot even mention your name at a public event. They knew you were going to issue this very important special report. They're shaking (laughs) right now, listening. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't tell her my name. You know. (laughs) I love this for you, Grayson. I feel like you're, you know, a civilian member of the New York influence. Some might say you're becoming the Dr. Lovegrove of the New York influence. I mean, I will definitely take that title. I <laughs> yep, I, I am the Dr. Lovegrove of the New York influence and K-York City. You better watch out. Mm, is this oh. a rivalry brewing? Civilian rivalry. Civilian rivalry. <laughs> Please let a civilian rivalry start between Dark Seeker and K York City. I mean, that would be my wildest dream come true. We end up Jesus in a boxing God. match, like it's like a pay-per-view event, like huge. It's like a Logan Paul type thing. Might as well. Let's mm. do it. Let's raise some money. I would pay to see that. We got our first customer. Let's do it, K York. So 
there were some other people at this event that were not players and not exactly civilians either. And I understand that Mm. you had an interaction with a very important one of these people. Yes, Clues. There was a very important person in attendance that I got to meet. And it kind of felt like I was being finally brought home, if you know what I mean. I do. (laughs) I got to mingle with and meet the amazing Barbara Weber, a.k.a. Sweet Nums, a.k.a. Bring Her Home to Us. And guys, it was I I couldn't even begin to it exceeded all my expectations like. She was so warm and friendly. She had nothing but good things to say about Gore, which was such a surprise. She's obviously listened. Um, She's a fan. And, you know, what a nice lady. She was so sweet. I just absolutely am so excited for me and Sweet Num's new friendship. Like, we're friends now. I have had friends in my life (laughs) so... Gigantic movies that get made and make hundreds of millions of dollars. I've had friends do the same with TV shows. I've had friends be actors in these things. Massive successes in the entertainment industry. I've had friends that became professional athletes. I had one friend that won a $74 million lottery. I have been jealous of no one until right now. You meeting (laughs) Sweet Nums is something that I want so badly for myself I have such envy for what you have been able to do at this party that I can barely contain it. Congratulations on touching a god. Huge. It, you know what, guys? You may be jealous now, but just wait because Sweet Nums is coming and Clues, your dream, it's probably going to come true. And that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Like, Bring her home to us, Grace and <laughs> Bring her home. Dark Seeker becomes the Dark Facilitator. That's what they called me in college. (laughs) Well, Dark Seeker, we sincerely cannot thank you enough for everything that you do here at Gore, from social media to merch, everything in between, everything surrounding that, and now taking on this other role as a Gore representative at this high, high high-level function in New York City for all of these luminaries of the nation including Sweet Nums, I still, mm-hmm. fuck, I can't believe it. it. It's just like, when we started this fucking podcast, you know, Lizzie and I would sit around and kind of even joke about, oh, we'll interview Peter Weber one day, ha, 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 and then it happens. Sweet Nums has been a part of that conversation that eventually we would get to talk to her, and now it's like, are we really mm-hmm. on the precipice of this happening? Is this strange reality about to materialize for us? Truly, what, if you put it out there, like, It'll come true if you believe it enough. And we're like, we're seeing that happen again. It happened with Peter. It's gonna, I mean, it's probably gonna happen with Sweet Nums. Now it's gonna happen. It's definitely gonna happen. Who did you talk to for the longest? Actually, uh, this may be a surprise. I talked to Mikey Planeta the longest, almost an hour, Mm. I believe. Mm. Lots of, let me, very um, interesting guy. Like, Obviously, you never get to see the full personality of anybody on reality TV, but they really they portrayed him as this meek, quiet, like soft spoken dude. And he's actually extremely assertive. 
he, you know, all the guys loved him. My God, did the guys love him. Grippo, Spencer, like they just, they were just like drawn to him all night. They just wanted to be with Mikey. It was actually really sweet, but uh, I was surprised. He's a great conversationalist. I enjoyed talking with him. And he even said, when you're in San Diego, hit us up. So maybe I'm going to be replacing Dr. Love. Part of the crew. Let's go. I'm ready. He said, come hang out. But I mean, to be part of the San Diego crew, you have to live there. Are you prepared to make that move? Hmm. And to your point about Mike Planeta being not what they showed us, like there's one thing that he did during his season which in my mind illustrates, oh, this guy is a fucking high-level player. When he did that unionization play at the Rose Ceremony, we had never seen anything quite like that. And immediately I was like, oh, the producers don't like this fucking guy because he's taking control of the game from them. And then obviously we saw what they did to him with the fucking edits of all he was talking about on his one-on-one date was his mom and blah, blah, blah. He gave me a little behind-the-scenes, you know, info And it's crazy because in those ITMs where he's wearing the drug lord uh, costume, which, by the way, funny enough, Andrew Spencer said, oh, you caught that to me when I said the drug lord joke. And I'm like, you mean when Mikey said that on national TV? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I thought I was the only one. Like, no, we scrutinize every frame of the document every week, uh, <laughs> 10 to 12 times. We we know every word that you're saying and we uh, we disassemble it to find its true meanings. But again, Dark Seeker, thank you so much for not only attending this event, but thank for you. doing this invaluable field reporting about it. We can't thank you enough. And thank you for having me. I love Gore. This is the coolest job ever. And I can't wait to <laughs> field report from more events. San Diego, it sounds like. You're going to have to do a road trip. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I look forward to the future collabs. I am excited, but I will see you guys later. I'm going to go seek some darkness. Enjoy your darkness. And now it is time for us to move on to that segment of our show in which we discuss the rising and falling of all of the players in this current season of Bachelorette. This is... This Week in Games. It's time to take our medicine this week as we take a look at the (laughs) ratings from Tuesday's game. But this week, there's a little sugar to help the medicine go down. Believe it or not, the ratings actually improved from last week. In the 18 to 49-year-old demo, the game actually saw a 23% improvement from last week with a 0.69, and the overall viewer number also went up about 14% to 2.9 million. And what's perhaps more important is that the 18th season of The Bachelorette did not come in last place among the four major networks this week. The show managed to squeak past The Resident on Fox to take third place behind FBI on CBS and The Voice on NBC. So although it is still the worst rated season of a main game in history by a large margin, we are starting to see signs of life on the ratings chart, and we hope that upward trajectory continues as we approach the playoffs in a few short weeks. Now, let's move on to the top five games chart for the players of Bachelorette Season 18 since 11-11-21. The gold medal in gains, once again, goes to nothing but Nate, the sales executive from the North, Nate Olukoya. He gained 10.4K Instagram followers this week, bringing him to 74.2K total 
for brushing off rival dweeb Chris S.'s 4TWR attacks on his one-on-one, his early meeting of the friends play, including getting a friend glow, his extraction of a love level two from Michelle Young, and of course, his never-ending charminence. And the silver medal in gains goes to the real estate developer from Minneapolis and quiet confidence man, Joe Coleman. He gained 6,000 followers, bringing him to 26.6K total for his pace case MVP and play of the game, his perfectly played sports injury PTC, his tier play, erecting walls, and securing that one-on-one zero pointer. The bronze medal in gains goes to... A newcomer to the gains chart, and honestly, a big mystery for us, the mathematician from the New York influence, Romeo Alexander. He gained 5,950 followers this week, bringing him to 8,138 total, despite going home at the fourth row ceremony. Truly baffling. Clues. What is this? No fucking idea. I was putting the numbers in the chart this morning. And I looked at those numbers multiple times. I checked them multiple times. This is accurate. I don't know what to make of it. If he's buying followers, he's not buying a lot. Like, did he just shell out a hundred bucks to get 5,000 followers? And why? You know, I don't know. He was like, I want to be on gains once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea how or why this happened, but it happened. Congratulations to Romeo Alexander for, for getting in the chart. Right behind him in the chart, fourth place this week goes to the traveling nurse recruiter from Portland, Oregon, Brandon Jones. He gained 4,000.1 followers, bringing him to 20.2K total for his continued 4TRR small moments play on the group date and his birthday Kringle bump. The stars have indeed aligned for this fermented fish chomping sweet talker. Fifth place in gains goes to... The medical sales representative of the LA icons, Rick Leach, a.k.a. Tabletop. He gained 3,449 followers this week, bringing him to 11.9K followers total for his strong Piano Man isolation dance play at the cocktail party and his future casting that he'd moved to Minneapolis earning him that all-important first flower. I'd also lump into this that maybe some of his gains were due to the terrifying scream he issued on the Viking group mm. day challenge. I was literally fearful of the man when I looked into his eyes. The vein play. It's not just vein play. There's something in his eyes that is terrifying, at least when he's doing that scream, <laughs> in my opinion. So congratulations to Tabletop. You think that's responsible for these gains? Some part of it, yeah. Fear. Fear, I mean, whatever. It's cringy, you know. When I say fear, I just mm. mean that like, There's something behind his eyes when he's doing those screams that is too sincere. Many of the other players, I mean, Clayton has it too, but has it in a more kind of jocular way. But like when you watch Brandon Jones do his scream, he's laughing during it. Even Chris S is like making a little bit of a joke of it. Tabletop ain't joking. Tabletop real serious (laughs) about his screams. Tabletop going to make you scared. That's all. If I wasn't scared before, I'm scared now. (laughs) (laughs) Go rewatch it. Look in his fucking eyes. Try to. It's not easy. I'm too fearful. Michelle Young this week has gained 9,000 Instagram followers, bringing her to 599K total. She's gained 1.1K Twitter followers this week, bringing her to 20K total. We're obviously tracking whether or not she's going to hit the million mark. Everybody after Rachel Lindsay has hit a million. Will Michelle Young hit a million? I mean, you know, I'm looking at this number, 600,000. There are still five episodes roughly of her season to go. We still have playoffs. She's going to wind up 
you know, getting proposed to by somebody very usually. And we did see Katie Thurston hit her million, I think, two weeks after her season ended. So there is a little bit more to be gained even after your season ends airing. Mm-hmm. I, look, I think it's possible. This doesn't look likely, but I think it is possible that she could hit a million. Definitely doesn't look likely by the end of the season. That's 400K over five weeks. That's 80K a week. And she's been getting 9K, 11K bumps. Yeah. it Like I said, it doesn't seem likely. But there's also, does she get a Dancing with the Stars? Is there any subsequent thing she's going to do in TV mm. or social media that might help that along? I think there are ways for her to potentially still do it, is all I'm saying. I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that she gets it because I, I would really like to, just for the, you know, the consistency of the game, I would like that if you're a lead, you get a million followers to continue in mm-hmm. perpetuity. Although I'm also looking at Clayton and I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to hit a million. I think he will. I mean, our, our gains chart, no one's even in the 100K club this season yet. As of today, 11, 18, 21. Coming in at first, we've got nothing but Nate Olukoya and his Charminance maintaining the lead at 74.2K. And number two is our next crown and master of the Clayton rotation, the ultimate Viking himself, Clayton Eckerd at 40.2K. I'm the ultimate Viking! Good job, Clayton. Good job, Clayton. Coming in third is Quicon Joe Coleman. He's maintained third place at 26.6K. And in fourth place, two players are tied. Brandon Jones and the player trying to desperately escape those Miami females, Martin Gelbspan. They both have 20.2K total. And that rounds out all the gains this week, all the ratings and all the movements of all these players. This has been an interesting season so far to watch. I got to say, like, obviously the ratings are down. We talk about that every week, but these numbers are down too. And so, you know, we've long talked about screen time kind of equaling followers, but we're now also starting to see this correlation between like screen time doesn't matter if no one's watching that screen. You also have to have decent ratings along with the screen time to translate those numbers into parasocial numbers. And it seems like, you know, that just is not going to happen this season. No. And it's a strange thing too to see. All of these players, basically, you get the call. You're coming up to the big leagues. You're going to be on The Bachelorette. All of them are immediately thinking like, fuck, this is it. I'm going to get my followers. I'm going to be a mm-hmm. influencer, you know, whatever. And it's like, are any of them? Maybe Nate, maybe Joe Coleman and Clayton, obviously. But Or do they return on Paradise and get it up? But we're definitely not seeing, you know, the Popeye era of a... Hannah Ann Sluss and Madison Pruitt right. gaining a million in, in in one season. But, and I'm going to fucking, I'll die on this fucking hill. That's for sure. Mm. Dudes suck at this game. Yeah. In all respects, you know? And, and I'm not, there are, of course, people who break this mold. You've got Tyler Cameron in the Two Million Club. There are three guys who are in the Two Million Club. Tyler Cameron, Peter Weber, and Colton Underwood. Sure, there are some that are up there. But... Generally speaking, guys don't translate their time in game to the same numbers that the women players do. They just don't. And I think it's because they are not as good at the game. They are less interesting to watch. And so people don't want to fucking follow mm-hmm. them on Instagram. I, I think they're less interesting to watch. I think people follow people on Instagram for 
a lot of various reasons, but if you're following someone on Instagram in Bachelor Nation, often it's people that you maybe want to emulate and Bachelor Nation is mostly women. So they're like, oh, I love how she does her hair or I love her clothes or something. I'm I'm more interested in that. And they're doing better parasocial plays generally. Oh, for sure. They're doing better parasocial plays. Although the guys are kind of picking up the slack there. There are many of mm-hmm. the guys now that are like, they're affiliated with various teams around the nation and they're showing up in those team photos and stuff that we're going to get to a thing about Bachelor Nation News, Ben Higgins uh, wedding perhaps the parasocial event of the year in the nation. And there were a mm-hmm. bunch of guys that turned out for that. So they were at least doing their part. But I don't know. I, you know, we've talked about this a little bit too, but I think this is true that this back-to-back bachelorette seasons is just a bad idea. By the time you get to the second one, mm-hmm. you're almost guaranteeing people are checking out because it's the bachelorette in terms of play is lesser than the bachelor. And you can get through one of those seasons and be like, okay, I'll watch the guys try to do this shit and it'll be fun. The Mm -hmm. bachelorette will be fun and whatever, but don't hit people with that twice in a row. Cause in the second iteration, (laughs) you're just gonna be like, Jesus Christ, can I watch the real players? At least that's how I feel. Yeah. I find myself just jonesing for a bachelor season now so I can see women play this game. I like the old format. I like bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor in paradise. I don't need to have bachelor seasons year round. Do you remember when our biggest concern was like, oh my God, they're going to air an episode of Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise in the same week? Do you remember they did that one year? And it was like, oh, Jesus. No, blocked it out. There was a Bachelorette on Monday night and then a Paradise, I think, was Tuesday. Mm. That happened once or twice. And it was like, oh, how can we survive this? And now it's just like, those are the fucking glory days. That was when it was easy. Now it's just like, no, no, we're going to be airing shit all the time. Yeah, we had months off where we could do all sorts of like fun grab bag episodes and stuff yeah. and interviews. And now it's just like, it's always game time, baby. You know, I would love to get on the phone or get on this podcast with anybody who works at ABC. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's never going to happen. But I want to talk to the people, Rob Mills specifically, who made this decision to order this many seasons and why they're doing it. Because what you're yeah. seeing right now with Michelle Young's season, in my opinion, is clear proof this was a bad idea. And it must be to them too, because the only numbers that matter to them are ratings, which are are down. And so it's like, are they not going to self-correct? Because they've already ordered two seasons of fucking Bachelor for next year. It's you know, they're not. They're just doubling down on this. They're like, well, it didn't work this time, so we'll do it again. <laughs> I don't get it. But moving on, we're now going to enter that phase of our program in which we talk about all of the most important tids from around the nation. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists... Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. 
Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash game of roses and this is bachelor nation news leading the news this week is caitlin bristow On Saturday, November 13th, the GOAT became only the sixth player in history to join the illustrious Two Million Club. 
She follows in the footsteps of the all-time Instagram champion, Hannah Brown, the only club member to have never been a lead, Tyler Cameron, Popeye himself, Peter Weber, the upcoming star of a Netflix reality show about coming out, Colton Underwood, and the original 2 million club member, Jojo Fletcher. Jojo, Jojo Fletcher. We believe the announcement that Bristow will be joining the Dancing with the Stars live tour might have given her the final boost of parasocial interest to put her over the threshold of this outstanding achievement. Time and time again, Bristow proves herself to be at the top of her parasocial game, maintaining relevance within the nation well after her playing days are done. Congratulations, obviously. Or is she still playing as the game continues? What? She's not so she's fucking engaged to Jason Tordick. How is she still playing? The game includes parasocial. The game never ends. <laughs> Anywho, what's our next piece of news? <laughs> okay. Speaking of maintaining relevance, <laughs> after playing days are done, the 20th Bachelor, Benjamin Niggins, is in the news this week for putting on the biggest Bachelor event of the year, his wedding to Jessica Clark. Nashville became the epicenter of parasocial power from within the nation on Saturday, drawing players from a wide variety of parasocial teams who all came to lend their support and be included in the coverage of the event from all major Bachelor news outlets. In attendance were, and this is not even everybody. You're not going to list all his wedding guests? No. (laughs) 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 No. In attendance were, and then I go through a list of like 300 people, Mm. almost all of them. You don't know who the fuck I'm talking about. All right. So these were the people from the nation that were in attendance. But I'm saying there were even some other nation people that were were in attendance that were like lower on the tier. But these were the main ones. Becca Tilly, 1.1 million Instagram. Sean Booth, 739K. Chris Souls, 580K. Chase McNary, 280K. Sydney Latuaco, 132K. Elise Delbaum, 151K. Ashley Iaconetti, 1.2 million. Jared Iaconetti, 692K. Wells Adams, 1.2 million. Sarah Highland, not a Bachelor Nation player, but a parasocial <laughs> fucking powerhouse, 8.7 million. Blake Hortzman, 670K. Thomas Jacobs, 223K. The great one, Nick Vial, 1.1 million. Becca Kufrin, 1.3 million. Not counting any other guests, including some of the other lower-level Bachelor Nation players, these superstar players alone comprise a total parasocial weight of 18 million followers. And the wedding produced another event that was almost as important as Higgins and Clark pledging to die together, the reunion of Bachelor Season 11 ring winner Sean Booth and that season's runner-up. The man goat, Nick Vial. (laughs) (laughs) The two bitter rivals hadn't seen each other since their season of play, which saw Booth refusing to even utter Vial's name during the playoffs, instead calling him simply the other guy. But it appears they buried the hatchet as Vial himself took to his Instagram stories to describe their meeting as a beautiful moment. Congrats to Higgins and Clark and to everyone who reaped the parasocial benefit of this union. This type of shit blows my mind. True love? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, what is it? How do people feel these things? No. The thing that blows my mind is that back in the old days, prior to, really prior to Paradise, Instagram, all that kind of shit, your best hope for Mm -hmm. something like this is 
it's going to be a televised wedding. And because this is happening mm-hmm. so long after his season and it's not a player that he's marrying, it's certainly not his ring winner, that's never going to happen. But here, he gets so much fucking parasocial value out of this because these pictures are everywhere on all of these various players' Instagrams. People is there covering mm-hmm. it. Us Weekly is there covering it. There's pictures in all these magazines of it. And so you still get this giant parasocial uh, advantage from doing this, even though, technically speaking, none of this event is affiliated with the show, technically speaking. But it's like everyone there is mm. from the fucking show. It's still a Bachelor event without the kind of sanctioned approval of the actual the show itself. I loved it. Yeah, you don't need it to air on network TV. It, it aired on our phones. Exactly. One screen is just as good as any other at this point. This list makes me think we never talk about him in the list for possible goat of all time, but is the true goat Wells Adams? Marrying into that parasocial powerhouse, Sarah Highland, 8.7 million. Excuse me? Absolutely not. That's no. The again, we get into this argument of like, what is the game? Marrying somebody who has eight million followers is great. But look at what he did in his season. Has anyone married someone with that many followers? No. He's definitely married up very well in terms of parasocial power. But that has nothing to do with his gameplay. In my humble opinion. But the game, I mean, we just differ on what the game is. I know. Look, we're never going to see eye to eye on this. Yes, exactly. That is exactly true. (laughs) Agree to disagree in perpetuity. We have to. Our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves the greatest Instagram player of all time, Hannah Brown. The Beast has a new book coming out on November 23rd called God Bless This Mess. And it looks to be full of tea. Early excerpts of the book have ignited a firestorm within the nation based on the revelation that Brown had sex with season 24 bachelor Popeye Peter Weber as his season was airing. The Alabama enthusiast explains she ran into Weber at Dylan Barber and Hannah Godwin's engagement party in February of 2020. Weber then invited the worm eater to his parents' house in Los Angeles. <laughs> the former pageant queen was sleeping in Weber's brother's room when he texted her to join him in his room where the pair had an engagement party of their own. The next morning, however, the one-time Kaylin Miller Key's rival felt that the spark was gone for good. She had an awkward breakfast with the Weber parents before Popeye called her an Uber. Weber later admitted to Brown that he still had feelings for good girl Christian superstar Madison Pruitt. It's rare that the tea of this level is spilled by a former player, let alone the greatest Instagram player of all time. And I think her book is going to sell very well. Yes. She sat on this for years. Literal years. I don't know if she talked to Peter Weber before this all came out, before she put it in the book. I don't know if she Mm -hmm. gave him a heads up. I have no idea. But this is something I think that many people were very surprised to hear. While his season was fucking airing, this happened. I can't stop picturing that breakfast. So awkward. Can't stop picturing the breakfast. Can't stop picturing just the idea that like fifth time is not the charm. He was four for Mm. four in the windmill. And then that fifth time, you did one time too many. Sometimes you should leave beautiful memories a memory. Maybe the lesson. Perhaps. But Hannah Brown... Proving once again why she is going to be probably perpetually relevant within the nation here. Who knows what other Mm -hmm. fucking tea she's going to have. Is she going to have a book coming out every year that spills one thing like this? The Windmill. That should be her her next book title. 
for our next item of Bachelor Nation news, we are talking about one of the most important players in the history of the game, Season 16's villain ring winner, Courtney Robertson. She recently appeared on the She's All Batch podcast to discuss her time in game and her time shortly after. She explained that ABC approached her to appear on Dancing with the Stars after her ring win. Robertson claimed she would have loved the opportunity and certainly wanted to accept the offer. But it was Flagnik, who was her fiance at the time, who threatened to break off the engagement if she accepted the offer. In this pre-Instagram, pre-Paradise era of the game, appearing on Dancing with the Stars was one of the only ways a player could extend their relevance in the nation. And more than that, the offer came with what Robertson described as $150,000 plus $30,000 for each week that you remain in the game in advance. So it appears that Flagnik prohibited her from not only continued opportunities for fame, but also a pretty nice paycheck. Robertson will always be one of the most important players of all time for everything she was able to accomplish in season 16. But what more could she have done if she had been allowed this opportunity? We will never know. That's our Bachelor alt-universe. It's unreal to me to also just think that a Bachelor's like, no, I don't want you going on Dancing with the Stars. Can you imagine anyone saying that now? Contrast that with like Jason Tardick, what he was doing for Caitlin Bristow when she was winning Dancing with the Stars. He's making videos oh about God. it. He's supporting her. Like, you know, it's just such a different time now when I think in that era, players, certainly Flagnik in this case, viewed these kind of like secondary attempts at fame or attempts to capitalize off your time in the show as for TWR. Now, nothing can be further from the truth. Now the line of 4TWR is like, you just can't ever say you want to be the lead and you can't talk about Instagram. That's basically it. Mm. She'd be in the 3 million club if she played today. If she played on Weber's season, she would have won and she'd be in the 3 million club. It's just, it's simply to me, as a person who watches this game, who follows our beloved game, as a person who (laughs) values this as a sport, you know, She is one of the greatest players of all time, like bar none. She came into it as a game. She played an open game. Almost all of her ITMs are talking about game strategy and what she's going to do within the context of the game to win. And she right now is sitting at 47.3 thousand followers. And that's as high as it's ever going to go. There is something so fucking heartbreaking to me about that, that you watch all of these other players who aren't fucking half of what she is in terms of her ability to play within the game, Mm -hmm. who have hundreds of thousands, some have millions. It's just, it's crushing to me. And it was all just a matter of timing. She was two seasons away from getting into those first seasons of Paradise and probably defining the modern era in terms of what a player would be, you know? I mean, she might have been one season of Dancing with the Stars away from that. Maybe if she had stayed on that, then she could have made it into Paradise. 100%. I totally agree. And all of it is because floppy-haired Ben Flagnick was like, if you go on that show, I'm not going to stay engaged to you. And meanwhile, that didn't happen anyway. Ugh. It's just fucking soul-crushing mm. to me. I hate hearing shit like this. Anyway, we wish Courtney Robertson luck in all of her future endeavors, and we thank her for dropping this tea as well, just to paint this picture of like what that game, what it was like back then, mm-hmm. where going on Dancing with the Stars is something people wouldn't want you to do. I like also just hearing those numbers, and those numbers are undoubtedly higher today. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Absolutely. Dancing with the Stars pays you. Bachelor don't pay you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bachelor's <laughs> like, we'll give you negative $10,000. What does that mean? You have to pay for all your own shit. And some death threats. We're going to ruin your life and put you into debt. Do you want to do this? Yes. But wrapping up Bachelor Nation News, we're talking about Tasha Adams. She is back at home after a brief stay in the hospital this week. The second Bachelorette of season 16 was experiencing some stomach pain a few days after she and her ring winner, Zach Clark, completed the New York City Marathon together. And after a few tests, doctors discovered that she was suffering from a kidney infection. But she's back home and recovering. We wish her luck and good health. And we hope that she will be the next member of the 2 Million Club to join Caitlin Bristow, as she is within striking distance at 1.8 million right now. She's close. And hopefully her ultimate girl gang partner, Caitlin Bristow, can coach her to eke out that last 200K. We shall see. But that wraps up all of the news this week. Now we're going to move on to discussing all the plays that our beautiful players are making off the field and on our screens that we hold in our hands. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Honorable mention goes out to Bachelor Nation's most infamous statistician at Bachelor Data. Just after she herself finally entered the 100K Club this week, she posted a very important infographic, a timeline of the relationships of Hannah Brown, Popeye, Hannah Ansluss, Kelly Flanagan, and Gigi Hadid. This main grid post was packed with tits, and you should check it out if you have not already. This was the work of a god. All of the shit that is in there, <laughs> that timeline, this shit blew my mind. Bachelor Data regularly does astounding work. This one, piece of art. Mm-hmm. Hats off to Bachelor Data. And we also want to talk about the ultimate girl gang with the mostest. Caitlin. They were largely missed from the document this week, but they were not missing in the parasocial arena. Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow posted a video to Bristow's TikTok of the pair dancing to Destiny and Song, Bitch, You Doing a Good Job, as they lip sync and point to the other. The TikTok has 507,000 views and 28.3 thousand likes. And our runner-up for parasocial play of the week goes to The Sluice. After Instagram queen Hannah Brown's book revealed her secret hookup with Popeye while his season aired, Hannah Ann Sluss took a shot at Peter Weber. She puts lipstick on during a TikTok video while mouthing the words, wow, that was embarrassing. She captioned it, always trust your instincts, ladies, teapot emoji. The video has an extraordinary 1.8 million views and 133,000.2K likes. All of these were, of course, outstanding plays, but as they say in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Highlander, there can be only one winner. They didn't say winner in The Highlander. Mm. He just said there can be only one. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Katie Thurston's 12 Days of Messiness to celebrate Taylor Swift's re-release of her Red album. Over a 12-day period, while the nation may have had varying reactions to this play, it perfectly capitalized on the gigantic cultural moment Taylor Swift has had this week and tied it to her own season in a buzzy way that got the nation in a tizzy and sparked several Us Weekly articles all in itself. So Katie posted on her Instagram story for every day over a 12-day period a different Taylor Swift song and which of her players it was linked to. 
So far, it's been Blake Moines, we are never, ever getting back together, Andrew Spencer, run, Aaron slash James, girl at home, Thomas, I knew you were trouble, Mikey, holy ground, Brendan, the last time, and Michael Alio, I almost do. We congratulate Thurston on her continued work in the parasocial arena. Taylor Swift, you can't look anywhere on your screen without seeing Taylor Swift this week and tying her parasocial plays to this and her season. I thought it was extraordinary. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Perfectly fucking done. Perfectly timed. Perfectly played. She really is one of the best parasocial players I think that has ever lived. Mm -hmm. And congratulations to Katie Thurston for this astounding parasocial work. Now we're going to move on and talk about a few non-humans that entered the parasocial arena this week. John Hersey's Italian Greyhound Dexter was basking in the sun like a king. Blake Boynes stopped by the Ontario Turtle Conservation Center and met Mr. D, short for Darling. And uh, we had one clear winner (laughs) this week. The winner (laughs) of our parasocial creature of the week goes to an unnamed canine who performed an incredible hooju with the reigning crown, Michelle Young. The still image depicts this hound wrapped up in the arms of Michelle Young as they stand in front of a serene lake, striking a perfect parasocial gaze right back at us. Congrats to Michelle Young and to this beautiful hound. We haven't seen a hoodoo yet this season, so it was great to get a little preview from this pup. Yeah, well, we s- I bet we'll see them. Hometowns are coming. We are. I saw one in a promo. Oh, I did too. Yeah, that's right. But now it is time for us to move on to that portion of this program in which Pace Case and I descend deep into the pit to discuss how our relationship with this game is enhancing our lives, ruining our lives. We don't know, but certainly taking over our (laughs) lives. You decide. (laughs) This is Screams from the Pit. My scream this week has to do with what we covered in our special report with the Dark Seeker. Huge thanks to Dark Seeker for coming on and doing that with us today. She went to a huge New York influence event and met an LA icon, Sweet Nums. And the Dark Seeker found out that Sweet Nums has listened to Gore. And when Grace Ann told me this, I was so overcome. I was so happy. I never thought I would see the gorification of Sweet Nums, even though, clues, you predicted it. Yeah. And my scream this week is, I would like to issue an official apology to clues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm listening. You, you told me that this would happen, and I was not a believer, mm-hmm. and I apologize. Praise be Sweet Nums. Bring her home to us. Look, apology accepted. I know that I make predictions about where we are taking gore and that my goals for this, the path that I see for Game of Roses, where we will ultimately wind up. I know some of the things that I talk about seem impossible from time to time, Mm -hmm. but rest assured, I see the fucking path. And now who knows if Sweet Numbs is going to be on our podcast or not, but it's totally possible. Another prediction that was very similar to this was also in the Weber family that we would have Peter on our podcast. That did happen. And I know when I made the prediction, when I told you that, it seemed probably equally improbable. But here we sit in a reality where these things are happening. And we have other goals in the very near future that I believe will be happening as well. 
Time will tell, as we say on this podcast from mm. time to time. Time will tell, as the phrase goes that we made up. Yeah, we made up the words time and will and tell, and we put them together in that order, first to ever do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you also don't need to apologize to me for not believing in my predictions. The reality <laughs> that comes to fruition is all I need. When I make the prediction and it happens, <laughs> it proves to me that I'm like, I do see the path and I am clearly walking on it. I'm doing everything correctly to make that path, the end goal of it come true. That's why I do it. Well, thank you. And I'm sorry anyway. Well, thank you. And now <laughs> let me try to explain my scream. We have talked about on this very show from time to time that there is a certain lie that the show is based on, that the show really exists only to help these people find love and any material gain that any of them get from their appearance in the show is just incidental. That's the lie of the show. That's for the right reasons, for TRR. And we've always just kind of called it a lie. And then there's the truth behind the scenes that some players will talk about on their podcasts or in books, what have you, about how the show was made, what producers do to manipulate them, how they keep them from going to the bathroom on purpose, or how they give them bad Mm -hmm. edits, or any number of things that they might do in service of not only derailing their relationships, but completely destroying their lives in some cases. And there are these two ideas that are kind of diametrically opposed within the nation. You have the lie of the show, And you have the truth of what it actually is and how it's made. And Pace Case and I have been talking on our last Patreon episode. We kind of coined this new term, which is the sauce. The sauce is the lie. And we coined it because obviously grocery store Joe is known for his sauce. He has a line of sauce that he sells. There is arabata sauce and there is marinara sauce. And the reason Mm -hmm. that we call that the lie is because it's these company players like Grocery Store Joe, like Becca Kufrin, like Tasha Adams, anyone who's basically at the helm of one of these Bachelor Nation podcasts, the official ones that are owned by Warner Brothers, they are told what to say on their shows. And they all have to just echo back the lie of the show. So in Bachelor in Paradise Season 7, which just concluded, you see all of these lies on the sand that Brendan and Piper are terrible people and they need to be kicked off the show. Grocery Store Joe has to be the one to come in, not only do it within the game, but then when that episode's airing on clickbait, he then upholds the lie even further by still saying that they're terrible people and shitting on them. And, you know, we've, we played multiple clips, even in that last Patreon, we played a clip of Grocery Store Joe just openly lying about, I don't know who the next Bachelor is, even though obviously he yeah. knows it's Clayton Eckerd. We're referring to the sauce as like you coat something in sauce. That's like if you're acting like a company player, you're putting sauce on it. Exactly. Exactly. And it worked for us because we also had issued this (laughs) warning that if our podcast started sounding different, it was because we ate the sauce. Right. So I want to test this theory that I have, which Mm -hmm. is an insane theory, but I want to test it nonetheless, that if you do eat Grocery Store Joe's sauce... Do you become a company player? Does it somehow affect the mind? Mm. And I'm going to put myself to the test. So this week, I went on internet.com and I tried to find his fucking sauce. I go to his website where he sells these two types of sauce and I see the marinara is out of stock. I go to the other one, the arabata. I see it's out of stock. 
Joe's mm. sauce is fucking sold out. There is something so beautiful to me in just saying that <laughs> Joe's sauce is sold out. It's like he is selling out. They don't want you to have it. Sold out just to you. Yeah, it's sold out just to me. But he, you can't get his sauce. Everybody, so mm-hmm. many people are drinking the sauce that someone like me can't even get it. There is something so poetically perfect about all of this. But as yeah. I was sitting there trying to fucking buy this sauce, I'm like, well, how long am I going to have to wait for this sauce? This is a mission for me now. I have to eat this fucking sauce. Yeah. And now I'm just going to be yeah. checking this website every day to see if there's more sauce from Grocery Store Joe. That's my life. You can't get like sign up for an email when the sauce is back in stock. Didn't see that as an option or I definitely would have done it. Uh, <laughs> I think I just have to every day check his fucking website to see if there's more sauce. That seems healthy. Yeah, do that. Yeah, definitely not. I did glimpse Clues' computer once when he was sharing a screen with me and there were 500,000 tabs open. So what's one more? Exactly. That's how I roll. I right now have 32 tabs open in my Chrome. My desktop is you can't even see the background image because it's just little documents and papers, songs and weird videos and shit. And I know where all of them are. I know where all of them are. I don't even have to search. It's how I organize my stuff. So anyways, that's my scream. Now we're going to move on to a scream that was submitted to us by Eborg Schulte. Now, if you join us on the bottom of the pit and you go to patreon.com slash game of roses, you're going to get access to our discord. Once you have access to the discord, you can submit your very own scream and we could potentially play it here in the bottom of the pit and analyze it. So we're going to do that now. Once again, this is Eborg Schulte, thank you for sending in your scream. Here is that scream. Hello, fellow pit dwellers. Uh, My scream actually happened a few weeks ago when my in-laws were in town visiting us. Um, Fun fact, they just moved to Clayton's hometown of Eureka, Missouri. Um, But while they were in town, my uncle-in-law dropped by to watch football with all of us and Jesse Palmer was on the screen. And he says, did you know that he was the bachelor once? I tried really hard to stop myself, but I couldn't. And what ended up happening was about a 20 to 30 minute conversation in which I explained gore, the four audiences, love levels, hoojus, the works. Um, I ended up dragging him into the pit. That would be bad enough, but it's especially bad because my uncle has more important shit to be doing since he is a United States Brigadier General. In short, the pit may end up compromising our national security. Well, well, well. I love hearing about when somebody just stumbles around to the edge of the pit and they don't realize there are hands waiting for them to just drag them right in. This guy's just like, oh, <laughs> Jesse Palmer, did you know he was a bachelor? Not even realizing what was about to happen to his life. This is fucking beautiful to me. <laughs> Because it's something that has happened. I mean, it didn't really happen to us because we were kind of digging the pit, I feel like. But I've heard stories like this before. And I am even guilty of doing this exact same thing to people before, where it's like they mm-hmm. say some one offhanded comment about The Bachelor that was came from somewhere else totally. That was a mistake. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you just pushed the wrong fucking button. Welcome to your new life. <laughs> Welcome to your nightmares. Um, I love this scream because it was so all-American. It was like the nation. It was football. It was family. It was bachelor. It was national security. Um, Yeah, I got some military thrown in. And also, I feel like it was like a good scream for like 
leading into Thanksgiving, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're all going to be at, at meals with your family. And there's a lot of families that are, you know, split on some very divisive issues these days, for instance, vaccines, et cetera. Somehow this has become a polarized issue. And if you're looking to change the subject with your family or whoever you're gathering with on Thanksgiving, try dragging them into the pit. Absolutely. Definitely wear your 4 R shirt to the family gathering. Definitely let someone ask you about what the fuck is that? Why are you wearing a t-shirt with a woman who's crying blood and has her hands bound by thorny <laughs> rose vines? Definitely let all that happen. And then you don't have to worry about talking politics. You don't have to worry about talking about any of these serious yeah. issues that might divide the family. Bring them into the bachelor pit. That can be a fun thing for everybody. Yeah. No matter what they do. Brigadier generals, CEOs of corporations, doesn't matter. Well, thank you to Eborg Schulte for sharing this delightful screen with us. And welcome to the pit, Eborg Schulte's uncle. We're glad to have you. And if you're worried about national security also, shouldn't worry about it. That's over. China beat us. We can all move on. They own the internet now. <laughs> An uplifting message for us to go out on. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we will be back next week to do a breakdown of next week's big game. We're looking very forward to that as we move one step closer to the playoffs. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,179 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved sauce game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. <laughs> I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E.
e.com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.